Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. One more day, one more day closer to Thursday afternoon. Welcome back to the Screen the Screener Podcast. We talk all things NCAA basketball with you. We are back again for a back-to-back and a belly-to-belly podcast. I gave you my picks last night, went through the brackets, gave you my final four, and tonight, my illustrious genie-like soothsayer basketball podcast co-host Gus Kearns will do his. Gus, how you doing? I'm nervous to give people my picks. I can't believe that you did such a wonderful job yesterday. You totally blew it out of the water. I was so impressed with your your take and your picks. Uh, so listeners, I hope this is as good as Mike's. We're, we're crossing our fingers Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for your personal choice of consumption of the Screen the Screener podcast. We are manufacturing this particular college basketball listening pathway on the evening of March 14th. We have a few playing games or opening round games under our belt. Congrats to the Mount. Appropriate opening game for the 2017 NCAA tournament. We aim to improve your commute to and fro. Thanks for plugging us into your earbuds, your car, your headphones on that ride in or that ride out. Maybe you're spending some time outside. Maybe you plugged in Mike Randall's scintillating bracket rundown while you were shoveling out on the East Coast. Who knows? What a bracket, Mike. Nice job out of you. We are always thankful, so humbled, and honestly honored to chat NCA hoops and the tourney with you, Mike, and our ever-increasing audience out there. Ahoy out there, at Vinny Pizza. Thank you for the kind words, man. And good luck with your superior bracket as well. And we want to say a whole out there at Venuna Brenda. What's up in Cyclone Nation? Salancha, gratulatia. Happy to have you all tune in. Mike, I'm very ready for this bracket rundown. I wish we had this as a video cast. I'm sitting in this chair. I got my legs up. I got my organic honey graham crackers because no chocolate for Lent. That's fantastic. Oh. means my snacks are destroyed. I got a cup of tea. And I just get to sit back and hear what Gus is going to predict. Uh, folks, we've also got together after some listeners has, have pushed for this. We have our own Screen the Screener podcast listener bracket challenge going on. So if you're interested and want to submit a bracket, we will have them. We will update them through our podcast during the tournament. We will announce the winner at the end of the podcast. And we will get you a nice little prize uh, commemorating your huge accomplishment of winning the first ever possibly Screen the Screener March Madness Bracket Challenge. So if you're, in, if you're interested, please DM us at SDS Podcast on Twitter. You can contact Gus at ckearns12, C-K-E-A-R-N-S 12 on Twitter, or myself at Fantasy Warrior Mike, F-T-S-Y Warrior Mike, or you can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. We will send you the link and the password, which if you've been paying attention, you should know what the password is to the Bracket Challenge. I feel like uh, it goes back to like our game show stick, right? A stick where we're like the password is, and we should reveal it that way. But uh, listeners, just uh, hit us up. Let us know if you want to get in. We'd love to have you in. We'd love to have everybody uh, uh, come together for a, a beautiful bracket challenge, and we'd love to see who comes out on top and see some other people's picks and uh, see if you guys listen to Mike or I or just went rogue on it and try to do your own thing. Yeah, we had two games going on tonight, two of the first four games in Dayton. As Gus mentioned, Mount St. Mary's, the Mount St. Mary Mountaineers with a great 67-66 win over the New Orleans Privateers. Mount St. Mary was led by Junior Robinson, one of our favorite people under six feet, 23, 23 points. Also, also freshman Miles Wilson with 17 points and 11 rebounds. Both of them, Gus, played 40 minutes, want to point that out. The privateers did their thing. They don't shoot threes, and they didn't shoot threes well here. They were only one of nine. Mount St. Mary's did shoot their threes well, 10 of 19. That was kind of the difference. And also tonight, folks, we have the second game going on. Uh, This is often a very live game. Gus and I have talked about this. These two 11 seeds, when they battle, and when they get hot, they usually do from this game and move forward. So we got Kansas State, 67, Wake Forest, 66, without seven minutes left to go in the second half. Woo! That game you knew was going to be tight the whole entire way through. Kansas State, unbelievably well coached, really disciplined, plays a certain system for their talent and their roster. And Wake Forest has probably the two best players on the floor and a legendary coach who knows a thing or two about winning in March. 
and the winner to play Cincinnati Bearcats. So, of course, Gus, there's no way that my Valentine is going to get upset. However, one of these teams usually gets hot, so Cincinnati better be ready because whoever wins this game is going to be very, very live in the next game. In but, fact, it, it, I'll just add just to add the two cents onto that. I think five out of the last six years, or six out of the last six years, one of those playing games, whether it be the 12 seed or the 11 seed, wherever they decide to place them, has gone on to win an additional game in the tournament. Uh, so history is with one of these playing teams to go ahead and continue their success and not only win this playing game on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, but then to go ahead and win a game in the actual bracket itself. Very good, Gus. And one of them really did almost got hot. Michigan beat Tulsa last year as an 11 seed, came in and played Notre Dame, and that was an extremely close game that Notre Dame opened up very, very late. And Notre Dame went on to beat Stephen F. Austin in the next round, beat Wisconsin in the Sweet 16, and then give North Carolina all it can handle in the Elite Eight. So it's very true. That team gets hot. Unless you're a really, really strong team, they're going to come at you hard. So very true about those teams winning those games and then coming into that next game really, really hot. So you think like these games on Tuesday and Wednesday aren't really anything to pay attention to, but in reality, it's a cool experience for a team like the Mount, and then the 11 or 12 seeds, whatever they might be placed at, are teams that you really need to pay attention to and maybe put into the bracket and have them win a game yourself. So if you're you know bracket challenging yourself, like make sure you include one of those teams or at least take a second look at them if you didn't advance them. Absolutely. And I think us without further ado, it's time, my friend. I got the bracket in front of me. We're going to do the sat. We're going to do the South, then the Midwest, then the West, and then the East. That's the order that Gus has asked to go in. That's the order that we're going to go in. I prefer the other direction. We're going in this one. This excites me greatly because he always has a very, very good reason for doing what he does. He's been tremendous on the fishy lines this year. He's like 65, 70% on them. So I have no doubt that this is going to go very well. And of course, we're still accepting. What uh, suggestions on what our bet should be? Somebody came up with a a, 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 a six pack of beer from uh, from Midwest. I think it was. That's a possibility. They send it to us. I think sure. I think that was Phil Olson, one of our followers, Phil Olson, there on Twitter. And the other one is a box of chocolate aisles, which I thought was very. Good. <laughs> uh, so are we got some, we got some good good ideas. But I'm I'm here. Feet are up. Honeygrams. Tea. Gus, are you ready? I am ready. Listeners, I hope you're ready. Hang with us. Thank you so much for listening to our silliness and taking this as seriously as we take it. And we put a ton of research into this. One of the places that we put this research in was one of our uh, loyal listeners, Coach Matt. We referenced Coach Matt before. Uh, You can find him at one of the coolest Twitter handles ever. It's at Jimmy underscore Chitwood, spelled exactly how you think it's spelled from the movie Hoosiers. Uh, and he went ahead and crunched a whole bunch of numbers and gave us a whole bunch of analytics with a whole bunch of like offensive efficiency numbers, defense efficiency numbers, uh, adjusted tempo numbers, and then some other factors that go into what make a team a Final Four team or a championship team. And all of the explanation and all of the numbers you guys can definitely find at online. You can find www.bighouseanalytics.wordpress.com. And then obviously just click right on the March Madness uh, breakdown, and that'll bring you right to the sheet that I'll reference a couple of times as we go through this. So, you know, big shout out to Coach Matt. Thanks for sharing your info with us. And if you guys want to go ahead and dominate your bracket, I suggest taking a closer look at the things that we just uh, at that we took a look at at BigHouseAnalytics.wordpress.com. If you're a numbers guy or a basketball guy or, or, or you know a geeky guy or even just a fan. It's definitely worth a look. You'll enjoy it. So uh, thanks thanks out there, Coach Matt. We totally appreciate it, man. Without further ado, Gus, you said the South is where you want to begin? Let's go, young man. Let's dive in. Here we go. Gus Kearns' predictions on the 2017 NCAA bracket. We will start in the South region, the number one UNC Tar Heels facing number 16 seed, Texas Southern. Now, we mentioned that Texas Southern on our qualifier podcast uh, always has some live players unfortunately this year their best player it uh, was out mid-season and without him they kind of haven't been the same they do have Mike Davis the former coach from Indiana who made it to that championship game with uh, Jared Jeffries and that crew 
I'm not seeing it here. UNC is going to like power through this. Like let's ha- let's give them 85 points and move them on. Uh, I don't think there's any way. This is not the 116 that we're hoping for. That's going to happen. I don't think this is it. Um, UNC advances. Number eight, Arkansas. Number nine, Seton Hall. Tough. I struggled with this one, Mike. You mentioned a couple of games that you spent a bunch of time on. I feel like I gave a lot of brain power to this one. I love Seton Hall's guards. You got to love Angel Delgado. I just went with Arkansas here because I feel like Mike Anderson's pressure and he has athletes to match up with Seton Hall's athletes. I'm going to say give me the Razorbacks and Arkansas in a tight game. I think Seton Hall will play much better than they did uh, last year's tournament where they kind of got their doors blown off by Gonzaga. I think they put up a, a live game, but I think Arkansas pulls it out. Number five, Minnesota versus number 12, Middle Tennessee State. Okay. I'm on the bandwagon, people. You know, we caught, we talked to Coach Davis earlier this season on the podcast. They have matchup nightmares all over the floor. Ja'Cory Williams looked like the player of the year in that conference. Uh, Upshaw is another night, uh, nightmare matchup. Giddy Potts is getting it straight. He put up 30 in the title game. I think Middle Tennessee State looks as this looks at this as just like a winnable game on their schedule. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by it. I don't think they're going to be outclassed, and I certainly don't think they're going to be outmanned. I think you know Nate Mason will put up big numbers. I think Coach Patino will have his team schemed. But I'm on the bandwagon here. Give me the 5-12 upset. Please give me Middle Tennessee State. Number four, Butler. Number 13, Winthrop. I feel like this is going to be a trendy like upset pick by some people in their brackets, and I'm going the complete other way. I'm going so far the other way that I have four locks in the first round for the listeners. This is one of my four locks. Lock up Butler winning this game. I think Butler is going to be unbelievably disciplined. I think they're going to slow the pace down. They're going to get great shots. I think Martin is going to play big in a big-time game. And I think that the X factor, Shabis, is going to go ahead and make a big play down the stretch, put this game away in the second half, give me Butler and the Butler way, lock it up. They win this game, no doubt. You heard it. Gus Kearns' first lock is Butler over Winthrop. Moving forward, number six, Cincinnati versus the winner of this game, K-State and Wake Forest. Tricky, especially because what we just talked about with these winners in the playing game, getting hot and winning a game. I don't think this is the place it's going to happen. Plus, we mentioned on previous podcasts how Cincinnati is really talented on both ends of the floor for once. It seems like it's the first time in forever that Coach Cronin had more than one option on offense. And his best offense isn't necessarily an offensive rebound. This Cincinnati team is tough. They're connected. They play together. They're committed to playing the Cincinnati way, which is just tough. Grind it out. I love Cincinnati in the winter against either one of these teams, Kansas State or Wake Forest. I think Kansas State actually matches up a little bit better with Cincinnati um, than Wake Forest does. But give me Cincinnati. Give me the Bearcats. I think they have a lot of options on offense. And you know what I'm going to call for? I'm going to call for a big game from Gary Clark here. I think Gary Clark goes a little bananas. Give me a 20-point game from Gary Clark. Cincinnati moves on. In an opponent agnostic pick, Gus goes with Cincinnati. Number three, UCLA. Number 14, Kent State. Look, the Golden Flashes are live. They ran through their conference tournament and upset Akron, the top seed, in the process. Really impressive. They do have some players. But come on. Let's be realistic about this. UCLA has things straightened out. They're not going to blow this first game. I can't possibly see a repeat of Alford and the UCLA staff falling prey to what they fell prey to when they were at New Mexico when they were a three seed and got upset by Harvard. Kent State isn't as good as that Harvard team. UCLA moves on. And you know what? I'm going to say give me a big game from Hamilton. I think Hamilton will hit a couple of threes, and then this game gets a little ugly late in the second half. There's been no more anticipation for a game for me to hear your prediction than the next one. The number seven Dayton Flyers, the number 10 Wichita State Shockers. Okay. Mike and I went back and forth on this game a bunch of times. This is the game that stood out to us in the whole entire bracket as like the I can't believe these two teams are matched up game. If we're going to take a look at the metrics, it says that Wichita State should be a three or a four, maybe in some other metrics, maybe even a two. Okay. 
this is so unfair to both teams and also unfair to Kentucky, who's underneath them on the bunk bed, waiting for the winner of this unbelievable matchup. Vegas has it right. They have like a five or six point spread on this game, favoring the number 10 seed, Wichita State. Here's what I think. I think and I believe that Dayton seniors who know how to win have over 125 wins over their collective careers as a program. I think they get one more big win here. I don't think they're going to be intimidated. I don't think they're going to be outclassed. And I think they might even have better talent on the floor than Wichita State. I could be totally wrong here, and the metrics could be right, and Vegas could be right. But we have been on the Dayton bandwagon too long, too hard, and for far too often to go ahead and abandon them now. I'm going to call for Scoochie Smith outplaying Shamit. I'm going to call for Cook outplaying McDuffie. I'm going to call for a Dayton win where Archie Miller slightly outcoaches Coach Marshall. And both teams congratulate each other at the end of the game because they know the other team is that good. Give me Dayton in what could be the absolute game of the first round. Flyers win and advance. You know what? I hope you're right on that one. I really, my heart says I hope you're right. I, I hope that you just stuck it to Vegas and said, here's your, here's, your, here's your fishing line, Vegas, and I'll raise you. Good call there. I respect that. Dayton, number seven, moving on. Last game in the bracket, number two, Kentucky. Intrastate game, number 15, Northern Kentucky. Look, we love the Norse. Congratulations. They're in in their first year of eligibility. Holy smokes, what a story. Totally crazy. They have a couple of cool seniors that have been there the whole entire year, that have been there all four years, that have been through the process from becoming a D2 team to becoming uh, a D- Division One team but ineligible for the postseason. It's a great story. I hope it gets some pub when this game gets on the screen and we're not just paying attention to Fox and Monk and so on and so on. But in reality, give me Kentucky. I bet this game gets off to a slow start. And it's a little bit sloggy. But then once things get going after the first TV timeout, I bet Kentucky does their thing. Give me Kentucky by about 15 and advancing the play. Dayton in a huge showdown. We got eight teams left in the bracket. First, number one, North Carolina. Number eight, Arkansas. Arkansas is talented. They're not going to be afraid to run up and down, which is going to be their poison. They are going to run up and down. And you know what UNC is going to do? They're going to say, okay, let's go. Outlet. There's going to be secondary breaks. There's going to be Joel Berry threes. Justin Jackson, I can see this as a get-right game for him where he's going to go off. So give me Justin Jackson with a 25-point game. The score approaching the 90s for UNC and Arkansas definitely getting outclassed because they are, they are playing the exact way that UNC loves to play and Coach Williams loves to coach. I think that's going to be one of the things that UNC says in the locker room. They're going to say, look, this team wants to play the way that we want to play. Let's just go out there and outplay them. Give me the Tar Heels. Their opponent will be the winner of Middle Tennessee State and Butler. Okay. Middle Tennessee State's ride ends here. This is going to be an awesome game. It's going to be an awesome matchup. I can't wait to see uh, Shabis versus Williams. I can't wait to see Upshaw versus Martin. I can't wait to see uh, I can't wait to see the backcourt matchup. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be underrated. People are probably advancing Middle Tennessee State into the Sweet 16 because, like, hey, this team beat Michigan State last year. You know what? We've been on Butler. You've been on on the bad side. I've been been on them on the, uh, I think they're okay side. How about this? I think Butler pulls away in the second half. And I think Butler advances and makes the Sweet 16 and validates their four seed. And everybody can get off their back. I don't think anybody's advancing Butler this far. Give me Butler into the Sweet 16 to face UNC. Bottom of the bracket, you have number six, Cincinnati, number three, UCLA. Here's where it gets interesting. You ready? When this game comes out, if these two teams advance, I'm guaranteeing that this game is going to be a two-point spread. That's what the metrics say. That's what the numbers say. And that's what we say here at the Screen the Screener. Mike, you have fully won me over. I believe in this Bearcat team. Ooh. 
I think they are going to pull the upset of the tournament thus far and beat UCLA by out-defending them, out-muscling them, out-hustling them, and out-barricading them. Wow. Give me Cincinnati in a big upset over UCLA. UCLA, Lonzo Ball, TJ Leaf, so talented. Very nice to view you all season, but guess what? The Comets left orbit. It's out of sight. It's gone. Move on, Cincinnati. Move on, Bearcats. Let's go. Wow, that one shocked me going against your Comet sighting. Bottom, last team to get to Sweet 16, number seven seed, Dayton, number two, Kentucky. Okay. You know that they're going to play them so hard, right? You know that Scoochie is going to try to outplay Fox. You know that Cook is going to match up with Briscoe. That's going to be a really cool matchup on the wing. I think the difference in this game is going to be Bam down low. I don't think they have anybody to handle him. I mean, they'll try to put Pollard on him, maybe put uh, Williams, maybe put Cunningham, maybe even try Sam Miller on him. But I think Bam's going to be the difference here. Give me Bam with like a 25-point game if he makes all his free throws, maybe even 30. And I think Kentucky moves on in like an 8-ish point game because you know Dayton's going to keep it close. So give me the Wildcats moving on. As much as we love Dayton, this is a terrible matchup for them. Whenever they have to deal with a big, you remember that VCU game at VCU, Moelle Cox kind of beat them up down low and they got dominated on the boards. I think I, I see a similar story happening here for the Flyers. So Flyers win the game, validate, beat Wichita State, but I think they fall here to the Wildcats. We have number one UNC in the Sweet 16 versus number four Butler. Okay. Butler, great job. Congratulations. You may think like, oh, well, Gus, doesn't Butler have a chance here against UNC because they actually beat Villanova, the number one overall seed in the tournament? And I'm going to say, no, absolutely not. The reason being, Butler's pace of play and Villanova's pace of play match up perfectly. Neither one of them push the ball. Both of them work for good shots late in the shot clock, and they would rather take a bad shot late than an average shot early or mid shot clock. UNC is completely opposite. Butler's going to get so sped up that they're going to get anxious on both ends of the floor, defensive end and offensive end. Plus the UNC bigs, there's just too many of them. If there was only one big they had to deal with, I would get it. Maybe they could put piece it together. But because you have Hicks, because you have Meeks, because you have Bradley, you can even throw May into that mix too. Throw him in there too. Because there's so many bigs that Butler's going to have to deal with, I think this game gets away from Butler. I think they do like their thing the first half. It's close. It's a lower scoring game than you would think. And then they just kind of run out of gusto, and UNC just kind of speeds them up way too fast. And then UNC pulls away 8, maybe 10, maybe 11 points. UNC moves on. And their opponent is going to be in the Elite Eight, number 6 Cincinnati, number 2 Kentucky. Coach Calipari wishes his team defended as well as Mick Cronin's team commits on the defensive end. That being said, Kentucky is going to have too much talent in the backcourt. Like, Fox is that much better than Copain. Uh, uh, Monk is that much better than either Clark or uh, Jennifer, whoever's going to be out there in the backcourt. Bam is going to be that much better than Washington. I just think all of the matchups are slightly greater than in Kentucky's favor. Uh, Also, Kentucky is defending a little bit better on their end. Um, I think this is a game where either Willis or Gabriel find some open space on the wing, and either one of those guys makes a big three. And you know what we're going to see this this tournament that we haven't even mentioned yet? We're going to see one of those games where Monk goes bananas in a half. And maybe the second half of this game is where that happens. And he has like that reindeer optics type performance where he sees a bigger rim than everybody else and goes off for 25 and a half. That's going to be, that's, you know what, that's going to happen for Kentucky and that's going to win a game for them. And I think this is the game that that happens and that's the game that they're going to win. Give me Kentucky advancing to the lead eight, please. A phenomenal elite eight matchup between number one UNC and number two Kentucky. Look, we've seen this already, right? We know what happens here. This is going to be a tight game. It's going to be high scoring. We know the script here. Guess what's going to happen this time? script is going to be flipped. Give me UNC. Here are the reasons we like UNC. UNC plays at a bit faster pace. They're going to have more possessions. 
because of the freshmen that are playing that faster pace and handling those uh, increased possessions for Kentucky, I'm going to say there might be an extra turnover or two on the Wildcats' side. If you look at UNC's veteran leadership with Joel Berry, Joel Jackson, uh, throw in Nate Britt into that mix as well, those guys handle the ball unbelievably well at that high pace of play. It's not like any one of those guys is a turnover machine. Their bigs are really shorthanded. They're unbelievable with their footwork in the post. I think the veteran factor here is the difference in this particular game. If we're going to look at talent alone, you might lean towards Kentucky because they might have more lottery picks. They might have more NBA players on their roster. However, this isn't the NBA. This isn't the NBA draft. This is a single elimination NCAA tournament game where experience matters. And if you're going to tell me that the team that lost at the buzzer on a miracle three-point shot in the title game to Villanova last year is going to get shook by this Kentucky team, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. Give me UNC and that veteran backcourt and those unbelievably skilled, disciplined bigs. UNC to the Final Four in the South region. We're already off and running in the South region. Two things to point out. Gus likes Middle Tennessee State in the first round, upset over Minnesota. He likes the Bearcats upsetting UCLA in the second round. And he has UNC in a classic game against Kentucky, advancing to the Final Four in the South. Next bracket, my friend, Midwest. Sound good to you? Yeah, let's do it. I'll try to go a little bit faster here. I know I'm taking a lot of time, so I'll try to speed things up here, listeners. Sorry. Uh, I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, I, got, I got one, a lot of stats here. I got a lot of things in my head. I want, I want to get it all out. I'll try to go a little faster. Go with it. Number one, Kansas versus number 16, North uh, Carolina Central or UC Davis. Uh, here's my two cents on the playing game. Give me North Carolina Central because of the same thing that we just talked about with UNC. They have a very veteran-laden squad, so give me uh, UNC Central in the playing game. And then once they play Kansas, uh, it seems like Josh Jackson will be back. Um, he's not going to miss any tournament games uh, due to his off-the-court issues, which we here at Screen the Screener like to stay away from talking about because you know we're not keyed in. We don't have all the facts um, so we just hope that Coach Self, the program, and Josh Jackson himself are taking care of it off court and making it straight. Um, so let's go Kansas advancing, make it pretty simple, uh, and hopefully we can congratulate NC State and uh, their veteran senior uh, laden team with a tournament win, which would be really cool. Next up, number eight, Miami versus number nine, Michigan State. Okay, this was one of your like I don't know um, bell ring games. Like this was this was like one of the games that you like is like the anchor of your bracket. And I'm going the complete other way here. Here's why I'm going the complete other way. I think Izzo's time off with his team is going to get them straight for one game. I think they're going to be unbelievably disciplined. I think they're going to look to the sideline every single time that they have the ball or they're unsure of things because they know this is a unique opportunity. They were left for dead in the water earlier this season And now they kind of righted the ship, got themselves in the dance, and they had some time off to go ahead and practice and get things straight and define roles. I think Michigan State is going to beat Miami here simply for talent. I think Michigan State's talent, especially those four freshmen that are going to play a ton of minutes, I bet those freshmen all play over 30 minutes a game. And I think they're going to have the best player on the floor in Miles Bridges. So give me... The slightly better coach, just slightly, between Izzo and Laranega, and give me the best player on the floor in Michigan. I know this is flying in the face of your pick. Go Sparty. Number five, Iowa State versus number 12, Nevada. I love Monte Morris. We have championed him on the podcast a number of different times. We love Iowa State. We love the way that they're playing. Here's my next upset. I love this Nevada team. They remind me so much of that Dayton team that upset Syracuse and then made their Elite Eight run. Here's, here are the similarities I see. They have multiple players on the floor that are difference makers. You can go to Caroline. You can go to Cam, uh, Oliver. Uh, you can go to Marshall. All three of those guys can ball out. All three of those guys can make shots. All three of those guys can make plays. They have a a coach who's a little bit under the radar that nobody's really paying attention to that's really, really talented and unbelievably good at his job, Coach Musselman. I think this is the team 
that kind of makes a little run here and it's the surprise team. Give me Nevada. Wow, I am shocked. Uh, that is a great call. I love it. Wow, I did not expect that to happen. Shocking news here on the screen, the screener, Gus Kern's bracket predictions. I love it. Uh, moving on, number four, Purdue versus number 13, Vermont. Okay, let's make this one simple. You ready? This might be a trendy upset pick. Vermont has the has the longest winning streak in the nation coming into this game, over 20 games. Unbelievably well coached by Coach Becker. They have a great impact freshman in Lamb. Have bigs will travel. I don't think there's any way that Biggie Swanigan gets outplayed, gets in foul trouble, or is lackadaisical in this one, especially after what happened in last year's tournament. Purdue advances. Congratulations to Vermont on an unbelievable season undefeated in the conference and then continues that undefeated streak and wins the conference tournament. Absolutely should be applauded. Catamounts go. <sighs> Biggie Swanigan's just a little too much for you guys. Purdue advances. I agree with you. I think it's tough to see Purdue losing in the first round. Major upsets back-to-back tournaments, especially with Swanigan. Next game, number six, Creighton. Number 11, Rhode Island. Okay. This game is a little tricky because you don't know how to gauge Creighton without Mo Watson. Marcus Foster has been playing a little bit out of his head and taking on some more responsibility for this team, which you love to see. I'm going to say give me Rhodey. I think Rhodey has a couple of different unique players. Number one, we talked about how E.C. Matthews beginning of the season definitely wasn't right. He wasn't all the way healthy. Guess what? He is now. I love Terrell, his backcourt mate. He is a little explosive and a little sneaky athletic. Be careful of him. He might have a big game. You got to love Martin down low. He's a little bit of uh, Angel Delgado light. He's going to work hard, get a whole bunch of boards, uh, and work hard down in the post on both sides of the ball. And I think the X factor here for Rhodey is going to be the Memphis transfer Iverson. Somehow they have this guy playing really consistent, and they have him playing minutes and having an impact and integrated to this threesome that we just mentioned. So I think maybe Iverson with a nice game, give him 12, 11, um, and he's going to be the difference maker. And maybe that's the, the, the margin by which Rhodey wins. So give me Rhodey in a little bit of an upset here, uh, moving on over the Blue Jays. I like that upset. Number three, Oregon. Number 14, Iona. Uh, look, this game's going to go up and down. Oregon is underrated on the defensive end. I think Iona gets up and tries to run with them early, which is great. Uh, it's going to be an entertaining game, but in the long run, I think give me the Ducks, even without Boucher, him being out, being hurt. I think that means there's going to be more shooters on the floor, which could be a problem for Iona. So give me the Ducks moving on, please. The Big Ten tournament champ, Michigan Wolverines, against number 10, Oklahoma State Cowboys. This is another tricky game that I spent a lot of time on. Uh, you know what? Give me Michigan. Give me the senior guards. Give me Mo Wagner as a as a difference maker. Although I do love Evans. I love Carroll. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma State's really good. I think they're going to score a lot of points. I think these teams play a diverse uh, style of ball. I think Oklahoma wants to get up and down and score. I think Michigan wants to slow it down and play their own pace. So I think who can ever enforce their will on this game is going to be the winner of this game. So give me Michigan with their karma and vibe that they took from the Big Ten tournament to win a game in the dance here. And the last game in that Midwest region, number two, Louisville versus number 15, Jacksonville State. All right, Jacksonville State, love that they're in. There is 0% chance that Louisville is going to lose an opening round game to Jacksonville State. I know there's history of Louisville dropping a first round game as the four seed against Moorhead State. I get it. I understand it. I'm just not seeing in this particular matchup. Give me the Cardinals moving on, please. So going to the top of the bracket again, number one, Kansas versus number nine, Michigan State. Uh, I'm going to say give me Kansas, please. I think Michigan State gets it together for one game. I think Self and Izzo you know, have punched it out a whole bunch of times. I think they have the two best players on the floor with Mason and Jackson. Uh, Bridges being maybe the third best player on the floor. I guess you can argue that. Um, but give me Kansas moving ahead. I think Kansas makes it safely into the Sweet 16. Number 12, Nevada. Verse number four, Purdue. Let's continue the ride, shall we? Give me Nevada. Wow. And a giant upset to make the Sweet 16. That is amazing because you loved Iowa State and you loved Biggie Swanigan all year and you've put Nevada through. Wow. I don't mean to editorialize, but that one shocked me also. 
much like we said earlier, you're going to have to pick one of these teams to go and make a little bit of a run. This team has impressed me every time I put my eyes on them. I think they match up okay. Will Biggie be a problem for them inside? Sure. But do they have players all around the court? I think Nevada might have as good or better players on the perimeter than Purdue does. I know it's um, it's a little bit of a reach here, but you got to go somewhere. Let's go Wolfpack. Number 11, Rhode Island versus number three, Oregon. Great upset win by Rhodey. I think it ends here. Give me the Ducks again. I don't think the I think the Ducks are foolproof to get to the Sweet 16. Uh, so give me Oregon again. They're underrated on the defensive end. Uh, they're really efficient on the offensive end. I think Dylan Brooks is going to have a big game in the tournament. This might be it against EC Matthews. That'd be a cool matchup to watch. I think those two guys are unbelievably similar in some regards. Uh, they're both super tough, unafraid of the big shot, and um, are great teammates. Uh, so give me Oregon over Rhodey. I bet this game gets pulled away in the second half. I bet Rhodey plays tough the first half. And the last one there, number seven, Michigan versus number two, Louisville. Uh, hey, the ride ends somewhere for Michigan, right? It ends here. I think Louisville has too much size inside. I think Quentin Snyder is going to play a big-time game, like we've said all, all year on the podcast. He has a penchant for playing great in big-time games. This is going to be another one. And you know what? At some point, Donovan Mitchell – is going to be really explosive and have one of those breakout games. It might be this game. It might be next game. But give me Louisville moving on against uh, the uh, the Wolverines. So we got four teams left in this bracket. Number one, Kansas versus the upset-minded number 12, Nevada. One more time. Nevada. Wolf- Whoa! Big upset and make the Elite Eight. They are going to defeat Kansas. All of the off-court static is finally going to catch up with Kansas. Whoa! Your depth is going to catch up with Kansas. This is where the big upset happens. Nevada into the Elite Eight over number one seeded Kansas. If you get this one right, just please remember the little people on your way up the ladder because this will throw shockwaves across social media. And they are playing the winner of number three, Oregon, number two, Louisville. Great matchup. Struggled with this one a little bit. I think Louisville's size is going to be the difference here and not having Boucher. This is the game that comes back to bite them. I think Bell is going to push those guys around down low, but guess what? There's too many of them. He needs his he needs a sidekick Boucher to help uh, push some of the give a little pushback to the to the Louisville Bigs. Give me Louisville. Give me a really tight game, lower scoring, low, lower scoring than you would think because both teams are really good defensively. I think this is the game where Donovan Mitchell goes bananas. I think he's going to outplay Brooks, and because he outplays Brooks, give me Louisville into the Elite Eight. Leaving, I can't wait to ask, number 12, Nevada, versus number two, Louisville, to go to the Final Four. Look, it was a great ride, wasn't it, folks? Wasn't it pretty cool to hear that? Louisville into the Final Four. Louisville checks all the boxes for me. Uh, They're great on the offensive end. They're ranked in the top 25 for Ken Palm for offensive efficiency. They're ranked in the top five defensive efficiency. Uh, They come in uh, playing at kind of the right tempo, just about the right uh, amount. And because of those check marks, and they have a Hall of Fame coach, and they have a borderline NBA player with Donovan Mitchell, give me Louisville into the final four from the Midwest, please. Okay, things of note here. Gus had the upset of Michigan State as a 9 seed, Nevada as a 12 seed, Rhodey as an 11 seed in the first round. He then has Nevada again upsetting the number 4 seed, Purdue. He has Oregon and Louisville together. He has Nevada pulling another upset over Kansas and has Louisville going to the Final Four. Gives him Louisville and UNC on that side of the bracket. Sliding ACC magic right there. Exactly. Sliding over to the West, the bracket of your heart. Number one, Gonzaga. Number 16, South Dakota State. This is a beautiful matchup for Gonzaga. Number one, I love that they're the one seed and they get overlooked. Number two, I love that they have a kind of a live team and they have Mike Dom on the other side of the court. I bet Dom puts up numbers. I bet Jonathan William gets in foul trouble and they have to switch the matchup somehow. But give me Gonzaga pulling away. How about by about 21? Gonzaga moves on, please. The 8-9 game in that region, 8 Northwestern, 9 Vanderbilt. You know what? I really struggle with this game. I'm going to say give me Vandy because I feel like they have the best player on the floor. 
And this is one of those situations where we talked about earlier on the podcast where a team only has a certain number of efforts during a season. And didn't you feel like every game down the stretch was an effort for Northwestern to kind of go ahead and close up the deal? I feel like they're out of efforts. I think they're going to enjoy this day and this week and, you know, the invite and, and Chris Collins screaming in the locker room and the, and the place going bananas and everybody wearing purple. So, you know what I'm going to say? Give me Vandy. Give me Coach Drew. Uh, give me Cornette. I like Vandy moving on in this game just just because I think Northwestern, I think the chamber's empty. I think, they, I think they're out of bullets. Number five, Notre Dame. Number 12, Princeton Tigers. Okay, this is going to be a trendy upset pick, of course. Uh, the Ivy teams are always like a cool, like fashionable team to pick for the upset because they've had so much success in, in recent years. Uh, this Princeton team is no different. They're really good. Uh, they're really disciplined. Uh, you think they run the Princeton offense, they do, but they also run some ISOs off of it and they run some other stuff off of the Princeton offense. So they're, they're really cool to watch offensively, but guess who's better offensively? Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame has better players. They have the best player on the floor in Bonzi. They probably have the second best player in Beecham. I think Notre Dame moves on with little problem here. Give me Notre Dame advancing. Uh, congratulations to Princeton winning the first initial Ivy League tournament. Number four, West Virginia. Number 13, Bucknell. Do you feel like this is like an, another trendy upset thing where, you know, like Bucknell and Lehigh and those Patriot League teams have had success upsetting big teams in the past? I know that we're a little down on West Virginia, like on the road, but I, I think that in one game here versus Bucknell, I think there's just going to be too much action, too much volatility, too much press. Give me West Virginia moving on. And I like a big game from Nathan Adrian here. Number six, Maryland. Number 11, Xavier. It's totally tough to pick here. I didn't really know which way to go. Love Mello. Love those freshmen. Love Jackson. Love Herter. You know what? This one was like kind of a gut feel. I didn't really check any metrics here. I, I, didn't, I didn't crunch any numbers on this one. I just think Mac is going to have his team dig really deep. I think they're flying underneath the radar since Sumner got hurt. They kind of snuck in, right, with only beating like DePaul and the Big East, like, you know, their last seven games. But I think that win over Butler did something. I think it might have fortified this team and given them some hope. And I think that hope is going to yield a win here and a little bit of an upset against Maryland. So give me Xavier. Give me X moving on. Bill Murray celebrates. Number three, Florida State. Number 14, Florida Gulf Coast. Really cool interstate rivalry. I think a couple of people are on the Florida Gulf Coast bandwagon. I am not. I think Jonathan Isaacs, uh, Jonathan Isaac uh, Bacon, Xavier Rahan Mays. I think there's too much talent. And plus, Florida State's really big inside. And if they want to run, guess who's going to run with them? Florida State will run with them too. And I think Florida State actually has better players and better athletes and better uh, talent on the floor. Give me Florida State in this one, please. Number seven, St. Mary's. Number 10, VCU. Okay, Mike Randall, here's another one of my locks. I would love to lock up St. Mary's over VCU. I'm a little bit on your preseason bandwagon of them being really efficient, really talented, five seniors back. This is where the five seniors back really pays dividends. Give me an underrated game from Emmett Nahr outplaying Jaquan Lewis and give me St. Mary's advancing in a really cool game of teams that play interesting, diverse styles, a little bit of havoc versus a little bit of slowdown ball control. Give me St. Mary's and ball security. Moving on. Wouldn't that just be poetic justice, huh? If that happens. N number two, Arizona. Number 15, North Dakota. Okay, so 0% chance that Arizona loses this game. Please give me Arizona and the Wildcats moving on uh, to play St. Mary's. I think it'll be a cool showdown. North Dakota, great story. I can't see them having any chance against Arizona. Could be the biggest blowout of the first round. Sweet 16 out west. First game, number one, Gonzaga. Number nine, Vandy. Great job, Coach Drew. You are not going to beat Gonzaga. Karnowski, Tilly, and Collins totally outplay Cornette. Gonzaga moves on. Sweet 16. Here we come. Let's go Zags. In what is a really underrated round of 32 game, I have it as well. Number five, Notre Dame. Number four, West Virginia. This is another one I just kind of like struggled with, right? You were mulling over like what system is going to do better, who's 
coaches better? Like who has better players? Which program is more defined? Um, who has a better casual look on the sideline? Coach Bray or Coach Huggins? You know, Coach Bray never wears the tie. Hogan, Huggins with the pullover. There's a whole bunch of things to pay attention to in this game. <sighs> so I, I think I used a racer on this and changed it, and I went with Notre Dame. Here's why I went with Notre Dame. If we go back and look at their success in the tournament the past three years, they have totally outperformed every single year and have surprised. I think this opportunity is no different. I think they have good players on the floor that can handle this pressure. I think this is – and you mentioned this earlier on the podcast – on an earlier podcast, Mike Randall. This is, I think, where they play Farrell and Gibbs together, and they put two point guards on the floor at the same time to help handle the pressure. So give me Notre Dame with that dual point guard look in the backcourt with uh, Coulson, Beecham, and you know Vistoria on the side shooting some threes and making some big shots. Give me Notre Dame moving on to the Sweet 16, please. Number 11, Xavier. Number three, Florida State. I, I just think Florida State has too many athletes. I think this is where having no Sumner really comes back and bites Xavier. Uh, give me Florida State. And, you know, give me a Dwayne Bacon sighting. We haven't seen Dwayne Bacon go off in a little bit. Maybe uh, it's a Dwayne Bacon, Trayvon Blewett showdown. Both of them go for 25 and Bacon goes for... I don't know, has 29, and, and Blewett only has 27. But give me Florida State moving on. Really cool matchup at the shooting guard. Number seven, St. Mary's. Number two, Arizona. If I were everybody in this game, I would go ahead and try to pay attention to the under and the over. I think you might think, oh, Arizona's put up a whole bunch of points, but I think the pace of this game is going to be way down. So if you're looking for some uh, gambling aspect for this particular game, if it happens, you know, if Arizona and St. Mary's moves on, pay attention to the over-under number. You know what I'm going to say? I think Landell's going to get into foul trouble trying to guard marketing. You don't say. You don't say. How about that, huh? (laughs) Yeah, and I think the backcourt for Arizona is just a little – is going to outsize St. Mary's backcourt and out-talent them and uh, out-speed them. I also think Trier is going to be a matchup problem for Hermanson. So give me Arizona advancing into the Sweet 16. In other news, sun rises and east sets in west. Moving on, number one, Gonzaga, number five, Notre Dame. Uh, You know what? This game will be fun to watch if it happens. I don't know if this is where, you know, I don't know if Gonzaga is going to make it. I don't know if Notre Dame is going to uh, make it. But the two teams are really well-schooled offensively. They're really well-coached. They run their systems unbelievably well. I'm going to say give me Gonzaga again. Give me Gonzaga into the Elite Eight. And in this one, I think this is where Nigel Williams-Goss has his defining game in the tournament. And maybe has one of those crazy lines where he goes for like 23, 9, 7, and 3 made threes and 2 steals. And the bottom of the bracket, number 3, Florida State. Number 2, Arizona. All right, I'm going to go a little off radar here, a little off script. Give me Florida State. Whoa. Here's why. Bacon is an unbelievable matchup with Schreer. I think that's a wash. And I think this is the game where Jonathan Isaac shows up against Lauren Markkinen, and I think he might outplay the foreigner in the showdown of big-time freshmen. Florida State's bigs can match Arizona's bigs, their size is not going to be an issue. And I think they have a little advantage at the point guard with Mays. So give me Florida State in a slight upset, little off the radar pick here. I think there's a lot of people on the Arizona bandwagon, rightly so. But I say give me Florida State in this matchup because of the size, the Bacon and Trier even out. And I think that the freshman showdown is going to be won by Isaac. And your Elite Eight matchup is number one, Gonzaga, number three, Florida State. Didn't you know it would come down to this, listeners? Didn't you know that you would find Gonzaga in this territory, in this position? I think Gonzaga is a slightly more disciplined than Florida State. I think they are as talented as Florida State. I think Florida State's strengths match up exactly with Gonzaga's strengths. I'm going to say Karnowski outplays Florida State's bigs inside. Jonathan Williams contains Isaac on the wing and inside. Give me Josh Perkins matching up athletically with Bacon. And give me Gonzaga, my sweet, sweet Bulldogs into the Final Four. 
In the West bracket, just to recap, Gus has Vandy upsetting Northwestern in the first round. He has a number 11 is Xavier upsetting number 6 Maryland. Second round, he has Notre Dame, slight upset of West Virginia. He has Florida State upsetting Arizona. And he has Gonzaga into the Final Four, giving him UNC, Louisville, and Gonzaga. Gus, we head to the East region, your last region. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Number you one. Want the, you want to just start at the top, Mike Randall. Yep, number one, Villanova. Number 16, now that we know, Mount St. Mary's. Hey, Mount St. Mary's. It's going to be an unbelievable cool story for those student athletes to say they were on the court with the defending national champions. It's going to be an awesome story for everyone on that coaching staff and everybody in that fan base. I hope they all enjoy that experience. Give me no moving on, but really cool, underrated experience for those student athletes in that fan base. Love the Mount. Give me the Wildcats moving on, please. Number eight, Wisconsin. Number nine, Virginia Tech. Okay, this is another one of my locks. Okay, we went over the locks of uh, I, I got I love St. Mary's over VCU, I love Butler over Winthrop, and you know what I forgot one of my locks in the Midwest. I'd love to lock up Rhode Island over Creighton. My fourth lock I think is similar to one of your locks, Mike Randall. I love Wisconsin Easy. in this Virginia Tech match. No doubt, love them. I think that they're gonna have. Uh, some leadership. I think they're going to have some veteran play. I think they're going to have a coach that has been there before. Much like the Northwestern experience, where Virginia Tech had to burn a lot of energy and a whole bunch of bullets just to get to this point. Because think of the last time. I mean, think how cl- close Coach Greenberg was a whole bunch of times, right? Did they? Did they? Did they break through? No. This is the first time Virginia Tech's broken through in a long, long time. I just think they're out of bullets. I love Buzz Williams. All his teams get better as the season go on, and his players individually get better. You know what? I think this is where the injury to Clark might come into play too. So give me Wisconsin moving on. This is my fourth lock of the first round. Go Badgers. Number five, Virginia. Number 12, UNC Wilmington. Such a trendy upset pick, right? Everybody loves Wilmington coming in. They shoot threes. They score a ton. Guess what? Give me UVA. UVA is going to be locked down defensively. UNC Wilmington is, has never seen anything that they're going to see on the defensive end like they're going to see from UVA. I think UVA is going to put that three-guard alignment out against this team specifically with Guy, uh, Ty Jerome, and London Parentes with a couple of bigs rotating around inside, Salt being one of those bigs. Give me UVA. I am not falling for the upset. This is not a 5-12 upset for me. Cavs all the way here. Next up, number four, Florida. Number 13, East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State is live. They do have Cromer, who's a really top-end player. They have a little mojo going. I feel like Florida has one win in them here, and I think picking them to get upset here I think would be folly. Give me Florida and the Gators. Mike White's doing a great job. I think they get that tournament win to solidify what he's doing there and really give his uh, program a little traction. So give me the Florida Gators. They have great numbers on the metric end. They're they're, uh, a top 10 Ken Palm team. I can't really see a top 10 Ken Palm team getting upset in the first round by a double-digit seed, unless that double-digit seed is uh, is, uh, Wichita State which East Tennessee is not. So give me the give me the Florida Gators moving on, please. Number six, SMU versus the winner of the number 11 game, Providence-USC. Okay, if we go with that playing game really quickly, I love USC in that playing game. I think they're talented. Andy Enfield has been there before and has pulled an upset, so I think playing in Dayton is going to be right up his alley. Uh, love what Coach Cooley has done with this Providence team, fighting all the way back, being an afterthought in the Big East, and then sneaking their way into the tournament. So kudos to the friars i mean they should be applauded for making the tournament after you know being left for dead much like uh, michigan state earlier but i like usc and their talent here so usc versus smu i love smu i know they only go six deep i know they don't have a lot of depth i know they don't have a true point guard i know all their players are like six nine to six six i get it give me smu here they're really connected on the defensive end They make their threes at such a high rate, and they play at their own pace. You'd never see SMU rushed or out of sorts. Give me SMU, even against the sped-up USC Trojans. SMU moving on, please. Number three, Baylor. Number 14, New Mexico State. You know what? 
similar to your St. Mary's pick, I really like Baylor here. I don't think that there's a way that they can get uh, tripped up against uh, New Mexico State. Maybe some other people think this might be an upset possibility because New Mexico State did have one of the longest winning streaks this year. Um, they only have five losses on the year. New Mexico State is really well coached. I just think they have, they have too much talent. I think Motley is the difference maker here. I think they he's – like we talked about on the previous podcast, don't you feel like Motley's kind of expanded his game like the second half of the year here where he's gotten all the defensive attention, went through that little slump where he didn't know what to do with the double and the triple teams, and now he's just playing a little bit more efficiently, isn't rushing with it, and is really thinking through and the game's kind of slowed down for him a little bit. So I'm going to say give me Baylor moving on to play SMU. Um, no upset for me here on, on this on this particular game. Number seven, South Carolina. Number 10, Marquette. Uh, home game for South Carolina, which I think you know makes you think, oh, you know, we should take the Gamecocks. Here's what I'm going to say about South Carolina. I think they fought. I think they clawed. I think they toothed. You know, whatever you want to say to get to the tournament. Very similar to Virginia Tech. Uh, very similar to Northwestern. And they're here. So Frank Martin can like let out a big sigh and coach his guys up. I think that they're going to have the best player on the floor here, but I'm going to go against my own personal best player on the floor logic because Marquette makes so many threes. They're really efficient on the offensive end. I think that they're going to make a whole bunch of shots here, even against a really strong South Carolina defensive team. So give me Marquette moving on in a slight upset. I think South Carolina will get a big buzz from the crowd, but I think they might be out of energy too, much like the couple of other teams we mentioned, Northwestern and Virginia Tech. Just getting to the dance might be like the, the finish line that they were looking for and aiming for, and now that they're here, they might not know what to do with themselves, whereas Marquette's kind of like happy to be here. So I think Marquette's going to play with a little bit more joy and give me Marquette over South Carolina. And the last game in the East, number two, Duke, number 15, Troy. I think Troy will play live. I bet there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Pay attention to the over-under in this game because Troy can score. But give me Duke uh, advancing to play Marquette, which will be a really cool, unique uh, coaching matchup with uh, Wojo going mm. against his former mentor, Very good. Uh, uh, Coach K, which is like, you know, made-for-TV matchup. So I ha- actually hope that that happens. Um, I didn't really think about that until I actually picked it out. And I was like, oh, that would be cool if we see that. So uh, give me Duke advancing, please. Top of the bracket, number one, Villanova, number eight, Wisconsin. Okay, this is why we save the East for last, folks. I think Wisconsin's going to pull the upset. Wow. Here's why Wisconsin's going to pull the upset. Villanova was very reliant on the three last year. They shot it at an unbelievable rate in the tournament. The reason, one of the reasons they shot it at an unbelievable rate in the tournament is because they had Eshifu down low to take away some of that uh, attention on the perimeter. That guy's not there anymore. Also, they don't have their general. They don't have Arch running the show, making good decisions on the floor. Brunson's awesome. He's great. He's an unbelievable college point guard. Hart is awesome. He's possibly the player of the year in the nation. But guess what? These teams are kind of evenly matched. I think Hap is going to be the difference maker here down low, and he goes bananas gets the Nova bigs in foul trouble. Nova has to play undersized and then, then is playing from behind. Then you have Bronson Canning making great decisions. And you know what? I bet Nigel Hayes makes a big shot in this game and is not necessarily puts up a whole bunch of points, but I bet he makes a defining play or two in this game. Give me Wisconsin with a giant upset over number one seeded Villanova. It's definitely one that could happen. That is a very contrasting style second round game. Next matchup, number five, Virginia, number four, Florida. Shoot the ball, London. UVA is going to the Sweet 16. Here's why they're going to go to the Sweet 16. They are completely flying under the radar. People think that they stink. I'm not pointing a finger at you, Mike Randall. I think that this team is so well coached. I think this team is so disciplined. And I think this team feels like they're playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they've gotten undersold. Remember, this is the same team that lost at the buzzer in the palestra, to the defending champions, Villanova, on the road. I think that they're going to take care of Florida here. Both of these teams are unbelievable on the defensive end. I think UVA is a little bit stronger on the defensive end. Take the under in this game, people. Take the under if both of these teams get through. 
and who get through who who gets through in this game? Give me UVA getting to the Sweet Sixteen. Wow, I, I I feel like I'm getting haymakers left and right here. Nevada, Wisconsin, UVA, bottom of the bracket. Six SMU, three Baylor. SMU versus Baylor is going to be amazing because you know Semi Ojale is going to be matched up against Motley. Earlier in the season, we saw Semi Ojale matched up against Taco Fall in the post over and over and over again. Same thing is going to happen here. SMU is going to make more shots from the outside. They both play the same pace. They will both slow it down and play a possession game. SMU is slightly better on the defensive end, and they're slightly better at shooting threes. Slight upset here. Give me SMU over the Baylor Bears. And the bottom game, number 10, Marquette, number 2, Duke. Hey, who's going to get more camera time than these coaches on the sidelines during this game, huh? I mean, are we even going to see the game, or are we just going to have those guys on the sideline, like, you know, the spot camera on, on, on Coach Wojo and, and Coach, and Coach Krzyzewski? That's what's going to happen in this game. While we're not watching the game, Duke is going to blow out Marquette. There's no shot that Marquette has to beat Duke here. I think maybe they keep it close in the first half, maybe like a five-point game, and then Duke ends up winning by 12, 13, 14 in the second half. Give me Duke moving on. We got four left in the East Bracket. Number eight, Wisconsin. Number five, UVA. I kind of have a secret crush on both of these teams, and I think you think I'm leaning one way. But guess what? UVA moves on to the Elite Eight. Wow. wow. This team has got undersold year after year after year. Both of these teams play an unbelievably slow pace. They take care of the ball. UVA is slightly better on defense than Wisconsin. They shoot the three slightly better as well. I think a late era by Wisconsin, a turnover, Something of that nature, UVA moves ahead and makes it to the Elite Eight. And they will play number six, SMU, number two, Duke. Who wins? Okay, this is why we save the East for last, folks. SMU is going to upset Duke. Here's how they're going to do it. They are going to have matchups all over the floor that favor SMU. Duke is playing small the entire season. That will continue here. That plays right into SMU hands. Brown uh, uh, Brown versus Jefferson, that's a wash. Semi Ojale versus Tatum, pretty much a wash. Shake Milton versus Kennard. You might think Kennard might be favored there. We don't think so here on Screen the Screener. At least I don't. That's a wash. I think they're pretty even talent-wise, like one through four. Maybe if, you know, Duke brings their other, you know, McDonald's All-Americans off the bench, you know, maybe that talent gap widens into Duke's favor. But as far as the six players that are going to play on the floor, the majority of the minutes, it's pretty even here. Give me SMU in the upset, moving into the Elite Eight over Duke. And the tournament favorite in Vegas goes down to the Mustangs. Pony up. Leading number five, UVA, to number six, SMU, to go to the Final Four. This is why we save the East for last. SMU makes the Final Four. SMU makes the Final Four because UVA does not have a matchup for Semi Ojale. They also have larger guards in the backcourt, which they will expose on matchups time after time. They will put Milton in the post. They'll put Brown in the post. They'll put Foster in the post. Whatever matchup is going to favor SMU, that's the matchup that they're going to go over to, over and over to, until somebody adjusts. Even with the pack line defense that UVA is going to put out there, SMU is going to expose what matchup is in their favor. Low scoring game, SMU wins by three, SMU into the final four. Let's recap, folks. What a great job by Gus. And this is the way you have to do it. You cannot go chalk. You have to have some upsets. You have to have some favorites there, and he does a brilliant job. Just recapping the East, his first round only upset is Marquette, the 10 seed over number 7 South Carolina, but then he's got upsets galore. He's got number 8 seed Wisconsin taking out Villanova, number 5 seed UVA over number 4 Florida, number 6 SMU over number 3 Baylor. 
Then SMU knocks off Duke as an upset to get the Elite Eight. They will play UVA, and then SMU beats them in a slight upset going to the Final Four. Gus's Final Four teams, North Carolina, Louisville, Gonzaga, and SMU. I can only hope that broadcast of the of the bracket breakdown was as intense as yours. I really tried to put a lot of energy into it. I tried to put a lot of research behind it. I tried to give the matchups. I, I was like like you were at the end of your bracket rundown. I, I'm kind of spent mentally right now. That was yeah. really hard. It was hard, right? Yeah. And, and listen, your arguments are very solid. I can see them happening. They make a lot of sense. The Nevada argument I think is solid because I think Kansas is very iffy. Certainly Louisville is reasonable as they get hot. North Carolina, Kentucky, that would be your, your chalk matchup there, but there usually is at least one of those. Right. Gonzaga, I'm with you. I have them losing to Arizona, so I think that's fine. Florida State, listen, I agree. If Florida State gets by Florida Gulf Coast, I don't think they're losing to Maryland or Xavier. So right. basically, you have them going the one other step against Arizona. And up top, I love SMU. I have SMU and Duke in the bottom bracket there. The only one we're going to differ on, I think the Wisconsin game is very, very tough. That's yeah. certainly possible. I, I think Villanova has enough to get by them, but I don't like the matchup. I've said that. The only one that I just can't see is UVA. I, I mean, I get it. They, I get it. They play defense, and that's, you know, Shayok will have six, and Salt will have six, and Perennis will have ten, and I, I get it. But listen, if you nail that one, bro, this is, a, this is amazing. A great, great job. We differ on some things. It, it's tremendous. I, I think your logic was totally spot on. Just to go over uh, very quickly for the listeners, first round locks that I really liked. Uh, in the Midwest, I really like Rhode Island over Creighton. In the South, I really love Butler over Winthrop. I don't think there's going to be any uh, upset there at all. Uh, in the West, absolutely love St. Mary's against VCU. And then, of course, in the East, I think we shared this lock of uh, Wisconsin over Virginia Tech. Just to recap, folks, I have UNC, Purdue, Arizona, and Duke. Gus has UNC, Louisville, Gonzaga, and SMU. So we agree on UNC. We differ on the other ones. What we'll do is this. We will come back tomorrow. We'll give you a quick rundown of the four playing games that have happened. Uh, We'll have two more going on tomorrow, so we'll probably be able to get three in maybe. Uh, Kansas State did win tonight. They advanced over Wake Forest. We'll give you some fishy lines, and we will officially announce tomorrow who's going to be in our title games and who's going to be our national champion because that's part of the bracket wager. We have to fill that in. We have our bracket going on Yahoo, so let us know. Hit us up, folks, if you want to get in. We'd love to have more people in as well. It's the best time of year, Gus. That was incredible. As soon as we hang this up, I'm going to play this back again in my ear because I want to listen to it. That's how good it is. Great job, man. Great. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning Mike and I in so many times this past couple of weeks. We're really working hard to give you as much information that is floating around in our heads and on our papers and in our notebooks of what we're thinking about. And we just, we love that you guys are absorbing it and consuming it the way that you are. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Listeners, you definitely make it worth our effort. And uh, we love interacting with you on Twitter and the people that have hit hit us up on email. Thank you guys so much. Um, And please don't think that we're ignoring you if you don't get an immediate response from either Mike or I. Again, we do have other things happening in our lives besides the bracket, even though we're so consumed by it. Very few. So very just, few just give us a minute to get there, and we'll get back to you for sure. Well, that's it, folks. Thanks so much for, for tuning us in back-to-back. We'll come back again tomorrow. There's your detailed analysis. You'll get this nowhere else. Two days back-to-back, deep-dive analysis, Screen the Screener podcast. That's why we're here. My friend, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, Mike Randall. Bell jar, take it away. Take it away.